Welcome to Women Worth Knowing, the new title for the podcast hosted by Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnut. Women Worth Knowing is not affiliated, associated, authorized, endorsed by, or in any way officially connected with the website Women You Should Know. Hi, welcome to another podcast with... Jasmine Allnut and Cheryl Broderson, <laughs> and we're doing Women You Should Know, mm-hmm. and we're covering women. So far, we've covered mainly missionaries, haven't we? Yeah, so far, yes. So far, or, so you know, great. people kind of who had a ministry, but we're going to be covering in the in the next weeks, one of the people I plan on covering is Mrs. Charles Kalman, who wrote Streams in the Desert. Oh. I love her story. I'm doing a reread right now. Ooh, fun. And okay. so with her, there's no, like, there's a specific book that she wrote which was kind of the biography of how Streams in the Desert was written. Mm. And it's called The Vision Still Lives. And it's out of print. Never it's really hard to come actually. by. Yeah, okay. But um, mostly to understand who she was, you have to read her biography of her mm. husband, A Warrior for God. Mm. And it's about Mr. Charles Kalman. So anyway, in the weeks to come, we'll be doing her. Yeah, um, actually, she was countries. a missionary for a while. But we'll right. talk about that oh, on a yeah. later. Yeah, Fanny Crosby, all kinds of other yes. gals that oh, yes. yeah, oh, weren't Fanny missionaries. Crosby. I mean, so. she's amazing. I can't <laughs> wait to get him writers. Yes, and, uh, yes. Uh, there's just so many women. It seems like the, the more we, we're like, the more we think, okay, we've we've covered a lot. We're like, no, 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 no. Scratch the surface, Cheryl. We've only scratched the surface. <laughs> Speaking of scratching the surface, Jasmine and I felt all this guilt. We did. You know, because we we really wanted to talk so much more about Amy Carmichael because mm-hmm. she's been inspirational to both of us. Yes. And I think I've read, I remember my mom said to Elizabeth Elliot one time, I've- I love that your mom was just chatting with Elizabeth yes. Elliot. I've, I've, <laughs> I've read every book she ever wrote. And Elizabeth Elliot says, I highly doubt that because she wrote over, I can't remember how many oh books. Oh, my gosh. And 10 of them are out of print. My mom goes, oh, well, I read everything in print that I could get yeah. my hands on. <laughs> I did my best, okay? So we wanted to revisit uh, Amy Carmichael mm-hmm. because we felt that we kind of rushed through the whole Donover mission. Yes. That she had. We even, a flyover. Yes, and even how she got to India and how mm. India became the place where she settled. You know, mm-hmm. we had her sick in Japan. We had her back mm-hmm. in England. And then, whoosh, she's in India. So we're going to go back and we're going to revisit just a bit. Yeah, yeah. Just mostly circle back. Because like Cheryl mentioned, we also want to talk about some of the things she wrote. Yes. Um, we didn't really get yes. to delve into. I mean, there's yes. some beautiful poems and quotes. I know that's what's ministered to me so much because I've done I've read a lot of her uh devotional writings. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many little like okay. nuggets in that, those. those uh, let's mention really quickly, mm. there are Whispers of His Power yes, and Edges excellent. of His Ways. Mm-hmm. And they're both in print. I gave you one of those. You did, you Whispers had... of His Power. I read that for my devotions last year. <laughs> it, they're both so good. Mm-hmm. They're oh, yeah. both so good. In fact, she's. I remember in one of the devotions reading Second Corinthians 9-8 about He's, you know, he has given us all sufficiency for all things. Yeah. And I remember her commentary on that was, look at all the alls. Hmm. Look at the totality. Yes, the totality (laughs) of all he's done Hmm. and the totality of his sufficiency. I mean, it was like amazing. And so those two are, besides Streams in the Desert, probably my favorite Hmm. devotionals of all time. Agreed. It's great, a hands-down favorite. Great presence. Great yeah. presence. Yes. Yeah. And what? A devotion, one of those takes you maybe two to three minutes to read. 
Yeah, they're super quick, but she does kind of like what Cheryl was just saying. She brings scripture to life in a in a way that you hadn't thought of a lot of times. There's certain perspectives. Like I remember for me personally, one that really ministered to me was when she was talking about David and Jonathan and their friendship and drawing out the fact that um, Jonathan, if you read and you kind of can just skip over some of this stuff, you know, not skip, but you're reading along in the story and the narrative in Samuel. And she said, look at the fact that Jonathan uh, strengthened David's hand in God. He didn't strengthen him in their friendship or in something else. He left David with God. Or and even I was like, oh, in yeah. the prophecies concerning David. Yes. But in God himself. That's yes. amazing. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that one has just stuck with me. Like, man, in my friendships, am I strengthening people's hands in God or wanting them to come to me? It's like, wow. So even just those practical you know, just everyday life and relationships, she really brings out a lot of And I found stuff. that like if I if when I read one, it sticks with me all during the day. It's yep. something it really um stimulates you to meditate. Mm. And you know, one thing that I think that we found whenever we are doing these missionary biographies mm. of these women is they live by the promises of God. Yep. And I want to say that really quickly because mm-hmm. um uh, recently on a uh, Twitter, uh, a famous figure uh was giving somebody else the scripture, uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Mm-hmm. So uh, he had a friend that was going through something, and he said, you know, I want you to know that God's plans for you are for good, mm-hmm. for future, and for hope. And all of a sudden, all this criticism came from Christians. Like, how dare you give that that promise what? that was for Israel? Or this other one said, that's for a corporate you. You can't just give it to an individual person. Wow. And I thought, wow, I'm so glad the missionaries didn't feel like that. Yes, seriously. Because what I have found, I mean, in a couple of weeks, we'll do Marie Monson, too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what we found is these missionaries lived by the promises of God, yeah. stood, call it, you know, standing on the promises. That's a hymn, too. Yep. But they stood on the promises of God. And it was the promises of God that helped them to persevere yes. and be strengthened mm-hmm. through these things. Mm-hmm. And they found them to be true. So right. it's like, really, was that just for Israel? Because I just found God fulfilled this in my life. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, you just inadvertently answered this, God. I guess you didn't know it was just for Israel or for the corporate you and not for individuals. Right. So I believe that the these stories, what they do is they strengthen my hand in God. They, Amen. They really center me again on the promises and the reality mm-hmm. of these promises. Mm-hmm. So before we get into it, let yeah. me just, I brought some of my books. Oh, this is uh, good. We, yeah, we want to let the women know these right. are some, yeah. So there's and men. <laughs> Candles in the Dark, which is kind of a um, a compilation of a, of a lot. With Candles in the Dark, you'll get a little bit from each one of her books. Hmm. And then if you like one, you'll go, oh, I want to go back and read that book because that like was a compilation. so good. It's a compilation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then this one, The All, oh, the all Convicting If. If is the worst, man. It is so convicting. And it's like two sentences for each devotion. I mean, it's so short. Yes. It's like, if I do this, I know nothing of Calvary love. You're like, oh. There's an interesting story about this book, If, because somebody I knew was doing something really naughty. And I had some women in the church say, you know, you're the pastor's wife. You need to you need to go to them and correct them. Hmm. And I was just like, no, that person won't like me or oh, wow. this or that. Yeah. So anyway, my devotional reading I had was reading through if, and this is what I came across. If I am afraid to speak the truth, lest I lose affection, mm. or lest the one concerned should say, you do not understand, or because I fear to lose my reputation for kindness, if I put my own good name before the other's highest good, then I know nothing of Calvary love. 
is a, wow. Yeah, I had to go to that person and wow. speak honestly in love. Mm. And you know what the person did at the end? Mm. They thanked me. Wow. Yeah, they didn't thank me that day. Right. But that about a week or two happens. weeks later, they did. So mimosa. That so is wonderful. This is the story of one of the... Um, one of the girls who became her kind of a right hand person, mm. Mimosa. This is her story of salvation, and it's a great story. And how she became just uh, such an inspiration. Mm. You are my hiding place. Is a forty day in the company of Amy Carmichael. Again, this is a a, a compilation. It's more of a devotional. It is, but it's so there. good. Yeah. And um, again, if you read this, um, you'll kind of find out which ones um, are your. Favorite, mm. like, and I think doesn't he tell you what books they were taken yes. from, so you could go back and find yeah. the whole book. Gold by Moonlight. Oh yeah, that one. I yes. remember reading yes. that. My mom gave me Gold by Moonlight. Gold by Gosh, Moonlight. My mom has all of these. <laughs> Gold by Moonlight has the story about wanting blue eyes. Ah, that's where that one comes from. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Okay, this is a story that this is Elizabeth Scogland, mm. and not many people know about Elizabeth Scogland. She's a fantastic writer. Mm-hmm. She's a, a psychologist, and she's amazing. She's mm. an amazing woman. Uh, but she wrote this on Amy Carmichael, Ama. And what Elizabeth is really interested in is that she's interested in personages that were kind of well-known in the Christian faith that mm. went through depression and dark valleys mm. and how they went through it and how they persevered and how God met them there and brought them through. Wow. And what a lot of people don't know, and we'll get into that, is Amy Carmichael's Dark Valley. Oh. That she went through a dark valley she, and she felt. Yes, absolutely. And so um, this one she actually wrote, it's not a— compilation, but it's called Thou Givest, They Gather. This Mm. is excellent. And it's just kind of, I think most of these are just taken from her devotions, that these are her thoughts and from her journal. And then this is a short one. It's called Amy Carmichael, God's Missionary. It's by Christian Literature Crusade. Is that by her? Okay. Oh, Elizabeth Elliott does a forward. Okay. Just Elizabeth Elliott does a forward. But anything by CLC, get. Yeah. Um, When I lived in England and I was going to the used bookstores, Mm. You know, looking like, well, what book do I want? Because there's like thousands. <laughs> I I learned to choose by the publisher, like anything by China My parents do that. Yep. Or CLC yep. Christian uh, Literature Crusade is great. This is another one by Christian Literature Crusade. It's Figures of the True, mm-hmm. and this is excellent. So, and then I've got Plowed Under, Plowed Under. which is a. Uh, a little known book too. That's right? one I haven't. Yeah, yeah. Figures yeah. of the True. Um, what 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 is the other one? Towards Jerusalem. Right towards Jerusalem. He said his father said. There's all these little nuggets. <gasps> he said his father ones. said is excellent. Yeah, I have one in my that office. one's so great. And then there's Gold Cord, God's Missionary. Uh, this one, Rose from Briar. Rose That's from my. Briar. Well, we yes. mentioned that one in our podcast last week. That's, That's right. one we want to circle. Okay, back to. so when last last <laughs> we left Amy, <laughs> leave her back in Japan. Yes. You know, I do actually. Since you said like, let's go back to Japan. The, I think there was a really important life lesson she learned in Japan that really ties into a lot of the things that happened later on. While she was there, and we remember she was only there for, what, a year and a half Mm -hmm. because of her health. And I mentioned the story about her neuralgia and, you know, trying to persevere, persevere and minister in the midst of that. And there was one time she was out with a missionary this wasn't even in my notes. I forgot about this story. But um, she's out with a missionary on a walk, and the missionary just starts um, just, uh, what's the word, uh, gossiping and slandering some of the other missionaries in the, you know, in the group or whatever and in, in the mission. Just kind of backbiting. And Amy was just kind of like, you know, I mean, just and she wasn't naive, but she was just genuinely asking them. She's like, aren't we all supposed to love one another? Mm. And, and, and the woman was just like, what, you think all missionaries love one another? Like she was just shocked that Amy would think that 
we're supposed to just all get along and get over it. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, Act like well, Christians. Yeah. Why would we do that? Why mm-hmm. can't I be bitter? Because they did this. And why mm-hmm. can't I? I have a right to act this way? And it just kind of shocked Amy. And it really um, made her kind of resolve in her own life, in her ministry, like, man, Lord, I, I want to love. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to have that be, you know, my my trademark that I that I am bitter and gossiping and slandering. And again, not in a way like she wanted to be holier than thou, but just to genuinely demonstrate love. And she actually, you know, wrote about this later. Um, and she said, and she was being very honest because she knew, like, of course, there are moments where we can't love and where it's difficult to love. Um, it doesn't come naturally to us all the time. Um, and so she was, like I said, she was a she was very real in that. But, you know, there was a desire to overcome that. And she said, you know, the hardest thing is to keep cheerful and loving under little things that come from unpleasant surroundings. That's what that missionary had been complaining about. The very insignificance of which adds to their power to annoy because they must be wrestled with and overcome. Some disagreeable habit in a person must be accepted as a chance to die to self. And that's actually the name of the biography Elizabeth Elliot wrote about her, A Chance to Die, which is some people think is one of the main, you know, one of her really great, uh, one of the great biographies on her. Yes. yes. And it is a major theme of her life, a love that dies to self. Mm -hmm. And she realized, like, this is an opportunity and we need to see that as an opportunity. And Um, you know what? That's such a great concept of death to self, because I mm -hmm. think some people keep death to self so abstract. Yes. That it never meets the surface. And it was really through mm-hmm. reading Amy mm-hmm. Carmichael's books that I that I realized how practical death yes. to self is. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what if that's when you met when you were reading that quote from if it reminded me of this because right. I was thinking, man, that's really what if is. It's just because they all end with then I know nothing of Calvary love. It's like mm-hmm. these practical rubber meets the road tests <laughs> where we realize, like you were saying, like, gosh, I have to actually correct this person if I love them because mm-hmm. this is something that's going to damage them in the future if that's they right. don't, you know, change. That's so right. I, yeah, go ahead. So um, Amy, um, how did she end up in India? Right. So going back to that. So again, that was like a, like I said, a major stepping stone in her life. And that really, I think, set the tone for her moving forward in becoming like such a, a loving person mm-hmm. um, as we see the Lord, you know, using all of these steps. So she, um, you know, again, she was she had health issues. And not only that, but I believe if we remember from our last episode, the dear old man, the yes. D.O.M., yes. he had gotten sick uh, back mm-hmm. home in Europe. And so she felt like, I need to go back. He had a stroke, I think. That's right. And so it was just the timing. It was, you know, and she realized the Lord was shutting that door because she just couldn't move forward in her health uh, in Japan. And so the whole thing just worked itself out where she went back home for about a year and a half and just spent time, you know, with her family, with him and just recuperating and recovering. And I believe a friend had written her a letter and said, you know, Amy, have you ever thought about India? You know, because she knew the friend knew about her health issues mm-hmm. and, and that you know, she said, you know, the climate's warmer there, uh, you know, year round. You have like a more tropical environment. It might be a little more conducive to your, you know, neuralgia and all of that sort of a thing. And so that was you know, when Amy decided, okay, maybe I should give it a go. And that was when the Lord uh, sent her over there. And I, I don't know if she realized it at the time or not, but that was where she was going to spend the rest of her life. And, and her first years in India um, were spent learning the language mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, living with Christian missionaries. Yep. Getting used to uh, missionary life. Mm. So how, how again, did did this whole vision 
start for ministering to orphans because that's what she's known for now. Yeah, really. It's yeah, rescuing. And yeah, and we touched on that a little bit. I that was her main her main ministry. And again, that's where we see, like I said, the love that she had learned really shine through. Yeah, she as you might recall, she'd been living with the Walker family. That's they were yes. um, the missionaries that she kind of that kind of adopted her basically and trained her and really taught her, you know, patience and learning the language before you go out and minister and serve. And then she had been really touched by seeing, being exposed to these um, hard-hearted prostitute women and wanting to minister to them. Uh, you know, it's interesting, and I mentioned this before last week, it's interesting how, you know, we think God's going to have to show, do work one way, you know, and God will bring a backdoor other way that he wants to work because Amy's thinking, I need to minister to these women and the Lord said, I want you to minister to the kids before they get to that stage. I want to use you to intervene and rescue them so they don't become like this poor woman here. What happened was a little girl named Prina came, had heard about Amy because she'd become like the favorite of all of the neighborhood children in the area. And word word of mouth, things get around in small communities. And Prina had heard about this loving, wonderful woman who just cared about little kids. And they'd started calling her Ama. That's where you get the title of that book that you mentioned, um, Ama for Mother. She was, I guess, drawn to Amy in that sense. So she escapes. Prina escapes uh, the temple where she was being trained up as a, as a prostitute. And uh, she was about seven years old. And she got out of there and came to Amy. And, of course, uh, we know Amy paid for basically bought her and and to rescue her from slavery from slavery from well prostitution slavery i guess you could say and uh then began to raise her and from there when people again word of mouth they find out like oh she's taking in unwanted kids or kids that were going to go to the temple well then other people began to you know but bring even the story of how she was able to get the property in india oh and then yep exactly and donabor so uh <laughs> So that property uh, was <laughs> well. She saw the property, mm-hmm. and um, and the Lord provided this property, and then building. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's just one story after another, right? Of how God built this. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And you know what was really interesting? Um, back when she'd been in Ireland, um, you know, serving with. If you guys remember, we were talking about the welcome. Yes. That first ministry that she had to the working class girls. Shawleys. The Shawleys, yep, yep. And she, you know, and they built, you know, the welcome and all of that. That had all been by faith. You know, the Lord had really spoken that to Amy. In fact, she had written down some principles to guide her. And one of them was, is the work for which we want the money God's chosen work for us or our chosen work for him? And so that was always her question, like, Lord, what's your chosen work here? What do you want to do with this? And so when she's in India— you know, establishing and wanting to get the land and, and establish this uh, orphanage for these kids and rescue them, she always just presented it to the Lord and said, God, what's your chosen work here? How do you want to provide? But one thing she did, too, is she wrote letters back home, and mm. she invited those who wanted to to participate mm-hmm. in it. It was kind of the first sponsorship, so to speak, mm-hmm. because missionaries don't have money. Yeah, no. That's, they yeah, don't have yeah. savings accounts. Nope. They don't own houses usually. And so she um, wrote in these letters inviting people to partner with her and, and then telling about the um, telling them about the plight of these children. Mm-hmm. And the hearts of those who are praying for her were so moved. And 
you know, it was not in like a lump sum, but it was in these amounts that people gave from their heart, which is just, I think, amazing because Jasmine and I have been talking to a lot of us will never be have the opportunity to go into some of these uh, mm-hmm. places. Some of us hate bugs and snakes. <laughs> that would be me. And so we don't get the opportunity so much to go to these places. But the great thing is, is that we can support somebody. Yes. And it doesn't have to be a lot. Totally. And it can be just a, a small amount, but especially by prayer. Yes. Especially by prayer. Absolutely. And so God raised the money to buy the property. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. then um, raised the money to pay workers to come in and to build and, and gave her just kind of a real vision of what it was supposed to look like, yeah. too. Yeah. And and then later when they were, um, you know, building more building more on the compound, on the Donavor yes. compound, you know, uh, a place for the boys because mm-hmm. they started taking in, um, you know, rescuing baby boys and little kids, more little kids. You know, they just started to now, you really know, expand and God provided. And Donovor still is standing. Yes. And that is actually really cool, too. There's a really neat documentary. Yes. I wish I remembered the name of it. but I, Donovor is in it. Yeah, I, I remember that in Donovor. Is it by BBC? <sighs> no, I can't remember who did it. But it's so cool because whenever they made the documentary, I think it's been probably 20 years now since they made it. But at the time, some of the little girls from when Amy uh, had been there rescuing them, they were now older women, stayed there in Donavor, and they were on interviewed on there. Yes. It's so cool to think like, oh, they knew Amy and they, you know, she ministered to them and they're telling stories about Ama. And yes. it's so neat to yes. see the legacy that's continued and, and on. And then, too, because they show Donovor and what mm-hmm. it looked like and where the sleeping conditions were. And, you know, I, I want to mention this, too, because the idea of orphanages mm. um, in England, it was they were terrible places mm. until someone like George Mueller right. um, rose up and started building facilities for these children. Mm-hmm. Most of them were on the street. They were mm-hmm. just put out mm-hmm. and left to scrounge or they were collected and not treated well, put in workhouses. And so George Mueller was one of the first people in England um, to uh, to make um, wonderful places where the children were loved mm-hmm. and heard the word of God. And a lot of people took uh, some of their inspiration from what yeah. George Mueller did. Absolutely. And so Amy, you know, also built places where these children would feel loved and secured. Mm-hmm. And they had devotions every morning in yep. the word. And she taught them the hymns, uh, lots of singing on Donovan, too. Oh, yeah. They had lots of singing. Actually, that's in the documentary as well. It's so cute because you see even, you know, years and years after Amy had died, they're still singing some of those little songs that she had made up about the animals and different things. And just to teach the kids the love of God through every aspect of creation. Again, that was something that was so characteristic of Amy was was love. That was just what came out of her. And you see that even in just all, all of the different things that she used uh, to for, for the kids. You know, getting back to just how, how real Amy was. Yes. Like, she's honest, too, in her writings, because there were a lot of, like, sad things. You know, as she's trying to minister to these kids, there was a lot of tragedy, sometimes, too, wanting these kids to walk with the Lord and and seeing them falter along the way. But just how the Lord kept showing her to love and and, and keep... Um, just faithfully nurturing and loving those kids into into Jesus' presence. Because some of these kids are coming from hard backgrounds. They're not all going to just come yes. out perfect. I mean, there is a process and a rough, you know, a rough path for some of Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And also some of them are growing into teenagers mm-hmm. and becoming independent. A lot of the girls want to run away with boys. Yep, yep. And <laughs> trying to convince them that that wasn't in their best interest mm. and knowing that some of these young men that were courting these girls were not good. Yeah. 
And so she, the, the very protective nature of her and the grief that she would feel. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this, too. It's one thing to minister when you feel healthy. Yes. And when you feel good. But after her accident, which we talked about yep. when she fell yep. into kind of like a cesspool, mm-hmm. um, and it was an entra- it was a trap that was laid for her. And she falls into it, and she's very, very sick. She breaks, I think it was her back, wasn't it, that she was oh, never gosh, able? Well, there was something. Yeah, it was some part of her leg that affected her back. I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, whatever Maybe it in was. Her hip. It, yeah, but, hip. Yeah, but hip. it, it uh, affected her, so she couldn't walk anymore, and mm-hmm. she was bedridden. And that's when she went into depression. Mm-hmm. And the depression was pretty acute. And I think that even knowing that someone is godly, um, someone who knows the Lord, who is the Lord is used greatly, can struggle with depression. Yes. Because I think sometimes we can be so, as as believers, like, nobody should be depressed. You know, we've got totally. heaven. And don't and, tell anyone if yes, you are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but she was so honest about it. And yes. again, we talked about one of our favorite uh, books, uh, you know, Rose from Briar, mm-hmm. which is where she talks a little bit about the depression. And that's really what um, Elizabeth Scoglin really mm. highlights mm. is the depression and how she overcame that. And I believe that one of the ways she overcame that is not only her Bible reading and her devotions, but also writing. Yeah. That yeah. the writing and, you know, had she not had that fall, um, these things might never have been recorded. Wow. And yeah. you know, all these books that she wrote. Yeah. You oh. know, because she was able to take from her journals and all these things and look back and begin to write down. And the depths of what can come out from suffering. That's mm-hmm. what really has ministered to me. I know Cheryl and I both mentioned, you know, you know, your situation with Brian and me with uh, Darren, my yes. ex-fiance. And just the uh, how if you have chronic illness, like, <laughs> I mean, that is the book to read. If you are dealing with chronic illness or you know somebody. Or you're ministering you, is, to somebody. You're ministering right. to somebody in that position. Um, just to see, yeah, the, the depths of what God can do in the midst of that suffering, how he can encourage in a way that that man cannot, you know. And and actually, that's that's kind of neat, too, like how you were saying how real she was about her depression. It's funny. I remember Isabel Kuhn, and you had mentioned this when we were sharing about Isabel, how she loved Amy Carmichael. But I remember at one point she said, Amy Carmichael doesn't seem real. She's just so amazing and walks on water. But then if you read Rose from Briar, you realize she was very frank and honest mm-hmm. about uh, the fact that, you know, uh, pain is real. Suffering is real. But God is there in the midst of this. Okay, let's just talk about this. I love her poems. Mm, so I just mm-hmm, want to say two mm-hmm. of my favorite poems. Uh, one, Have You No Scar? Yeah, and that kind of goes along with this. Have yeah. You No Scar? And she talks about you can't have traveled with the Lord long if you don't have scars, mm-hmm. if there's not some battle wounds. And yeah. then um, another favorite of mine is before— um, it's like before the storm ceases, help me to learn, like in the middle of the storm, uh, mm-hmm. to to sing a song of peace. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's one of my favorites, too. I love that. Yeah. Make, uh, make me thy fuel flame of God. Yes. That's the last line of my favorite poem. My best friend and I both have this memorized, and we try to test each other, see that's if we so still good. have it. Yeah. That's so good. <laughs> but it's such a good—and it's very similar to that. You know, just a prayer for, Lord, help me to, you know— um, be strong in your strength and, you know, not to yeah. just wish sufferings away, right. but to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with you. You know, she has another one, too, that I forgot that she she talks about no glory giveth to me when I am overwhelmed by thy crystalline sea. And mm. it was just it, it, she relates uh, a shell on the beach and how that when the shell is moved by the ocean, you don't say, oh, isn't that shell amazing? Look how it's moving. <laughs> but you're really amazed at the ocean mm. and the power to move the shell. And she's like, 
you know, that's what I want to be, just filled with yes. um, the Lord. So, so much with yeah. Amy. Oh, yeah. We could go on. We and it, it's good because this gives everyone kind of a preview. So you can go out and mm-hmm. <laughs> read her works for yourself because there's just so many uh yeah, so many quotes, so many poems, so much uh, mm-hmm. from her, you know, from the depths of what the Lord showed her. And it's really and, beautiful. You know, there's, um, I noticed there's a series, we need to get the name of this for children, on some of these mm. uh, uh, fi- figures and missionaries that we love so much. And sometimes even as an adult, what, what I would do is I used to read these biographies, the children's biographies to my kids. Mm-hmm. And then I'd get so, like, interested, I would go get the big books. You yes. Know? You know what? There is. You know what? I will, for our next podcast, yes. I will I will uh, tell you there is a whole a youth series. Isn't it Jeffrey it's and— like Heroes that Oh, Heroes Then and Now by Jeffrey and Janet Benge. That's it. Yes. That one, I think. Highly recommend those folks so for, for kids, for youth. I mean, honestly, for adults. They give right. you a great overview. And then, like Cheryl said, you can go and read a adult book. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> um, because what my favorite part about these these people that we're talking about is the stories. Yep. The individual stories. Yep. So speaking of stories, we're sure that you probably mm-hmm. have one about somebody that you know or somebody who has ministered in your life. And we'd like to hear from you. So if you would— um, Send us something on our Facebook page. We would absolutely love, 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 love to hear that story. Maybe if you don't mind writing us a few lines, and then you'll hear that story on a podcast. Because what we'd like to do in the future is maybe uh, start every other one with Mm -hmm. maybe a a short story of somebody that Mm -hmm. you think everyone should know. Yes. So (laughs) thank you for joining us again. Until we meet again. Yes. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Women You Should Know with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnut. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow Jasmine on Twitter or Facebook. If you have a woman we should know about, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at WYSK at CCCM.com. Make sure you've subscribed to this podcast available now on any streaming service. Thank you again for listening to Women You Should Know with Cheryl Broderson and Jasmine Allnut.